Hey everybody, this is me, Ebony. I hope you guys are having an awesome and wonderful Sunday. I'm coming to you with a, not so much of a Bible study, but a podcast. And my topic today is titled, Don't Miss Your Season. Okay, so God gave me this word and it is like a really good word. Like I'm really, really excited about this word that God has given to me to share with you all. Um... And as I was sitting there thinking, okay, what type of podcast that I'm going to do for the month of January? And, you know, what is what is uh, the things, you know, that I feel like is on my heart that, you know, God um, is wanting me to let his people know and as well as myself. Because I believe that when God gives us a word, it's not just for for everybody else. A lot of times, if not some of the times... Is for ourselves as well. And sometimes, you know, when we find ourselves uh, speaking and preaching the gospel, uh, you know, of Jesus Christ, and when God gives us a word, sometimes that word is for us later on down the line, but then it may be for someone else uh, in their season that they're experiencing as, as you are speaking a word. So I feel like that this is a word for me as well um, that God has given me, uh, and it's titled, Don't Miss Your Season. And I am really, really excited about this word. And if I'm putting off and taking off my glasses, it's because I can't see. Um, I need them for reading. And so I'm going to just look at my notes and then just go over with you what God has put on my heart. And I hope that you guys receive this word. And I am excited. So let's get into it. So my podcast is titled, Don't Miss Your Season. And what God wants me to let you guys know is, is that... In this time, and like I've even said in my other Bible studies online, you know, the ones that I I talked about previously when I was studying the uh, book of Acts and that I'm still currently studying, I'm still doing uh, online Bible study going off of the book of Acts. But what I was saying in uh, a few of those Bible studies um, was that I believe in my heart and I feel like God has put this on my heart. And corporately as well, because I know that there are other children of God who feel this way. If God is talking to them and giving them a word uh, in this season, is that I feel like God has put on my heart that we need to be watchful in this season. And I just, I don't know what God is going to do, but I know that he's going to do something big. But I feel like that we should be watchful. We should be mindful. Um... We should be careful about everything that we do, you know, not walking on eggshells, but being very careful about our communication, being very careful and mindful about who we associate ourselves with, uh, who we're connecting with, who we're linking up with, um, being careful of our motive. I think that we're in a season to where we need to be to be mindful of the things that we're doing. We need to be mindful of our desires and not in general, but specifically, we need to be paying attention to God and we, we need not be caught off guard. Um, God is going to do something big, but at the same time, God is also doing a shaking. He's shaking things off of our lives that are not, um, that are not in his will. He's shaking things, of, uh, things and people off of us who are not in his will. He's also doing a new thing, and he's also doing a shift, meaning just because God allowed it in the last season doesn't mean that it's going to be allowed in this season. And it's just a season of, you know, of moving on to other seasons. Um, 
And not to say that the things that he's allowed all the time in the past, you know, was ungodly. It's just that when God sometimes switches our season and when we go from one season to the next and in our transition, God sometimes says, okay, I'm done with you in this area. Let's move on. This person or this people or these businesses that you used to have or this job that you used to have, you're not going to have them anymore. So as we, as God is moving us into a new season, he's also taken off, you know, and taken out the things that either is not of him that he didn't call us to bring into the next season that goes for people. And then also if, even if he called it to be in your last season, he's just going to strip that, strip those things because now it's a new season. God is doing a new thing. And it's just when he does a new thing, you know, it's on, it's in his time. And, like, I can't really specifically, like, I guess find the right words for it. Because I'm not trying to say that it's not in his will. It's just that it's kind of like with Abraham and Lot, you know, um, and Job. It's like when God did a new thing and when God told him to go forth, um, there's certain things and certain people that either couldn't go or went with, you know, Abraham and Job and, and things like that. And it's like just that we're on the journey that we're on. In the season that we're in or the season that we're going to and the season that we're coming out of, God is stripping certain things away and God is also adding. So the reason why sometimes God takes away things and jobs and people is so that he can replace it with something else. So it's sad. Yes, it's it's heartbreaking. Yes, sometimes it's devastating, but it is necessary. You know, it's necessary for us to be free of the old things, whether it's in the will of God or not while we're transitioning into the new season. So when we're when God is doing a new thing in our lives, we are ready to receive what it is that he he has given us or what he wants to give us, you know, in this new season while he does a new thing. So it's heartbreaking and it's devastating and sometimes, you know, you may try to wrap your mind around it, but it's not all the time that we're supposed to wrap our minds around what God is doing is and what God is doing and why it's just meant for us to be obedient. And if you really think about it, being obedient is a lot more better than just trying to figure everything out because and that time be funny. This is how sometimes you go crazy or, you know, people go crazy and sometimes your you know, your mind is just so boggled down. Um, with worry and anxiety because you're trying to figure things out. You know, we're trying to figure things out. And God is saying it's not up to us to worry and figure, you know, everything out. There are times when God does give us insight into something and why he's doing it. Then there are other times when God just says go or do or be. And we're just supposed to go and do and be those things and not try to figure it out in our mind. Because if we try to wrap our minds, our carnal minds around the infinite wisdom of God, we're going to lose every time because God doesn't always show us what it is that he's doing and why and exactly every every um, every measurement of the blueprint blueprint that he has for our lives. And it's, and it's really not up to us to want to sit there or have a right to sit there and try to figure everything out. Now, it's okay to ask questions because there there are godly questions. Like, you can ask God, you know, uh, to have understanding for something, and that's fine. You know, that's that's not being disrespectful. But when it's 
with the mindset of, okay, well, God, well, why are you doing this? Well, I'm not going to do it if you don't explain. Now, that, to me, is disobedient, and you're, you're questioning God and what he's doing in his authority. But when you ask questions in the, the, the hopes of getting understanding because you just want to know, but, you're, but you still have the heart of a servant to be obedient, and that's fine because that's what we all do. You know, we're human. You know, sometimes when God does a new thing, we're like, okay, well, okay, you know, well, I'm, can I understand, you know, but I'm still going to go do what you tell me to do, but is it okay if I just get some understanding and insight? And sometimes God doesn't always give us uh, insight. Sometimes he may just give us peace, you know, um, within our hearts to let us know that this is what he said to go do, you know? So, okay, so enough of that. I'm on a tangent, la, la, la. So let me just get back into my notes, okay? Don't miss your season, we are in a season of being watchful. Use your time wisely, okay? We all have 24 hours within a day. We all have the same 24 hours. There's no place on this earth where there's it's different time zones, but no, no other place has 24 hours and then one has 25 hours. Like We all have the same amount of time in a day as everybody else so the limited time that we have we need to be using it wisely because every second count every minute counts and if you think about it all it takes is one split second to make a decision that can affect you for the rest of your life and that can be a blessing or that could be a curse you know you can sit up there and and be looking at someone and in your heart you know that the Holy Spirit is telling you, no, if that person speaks, just let them speak. Sometimes all it's meant to be is a high and by, not, hey, can I have your number? You know, hey, let's do dinner sometimes and what have you. Every choice that you make takes a split second to make the decision and it really can affect your life. Um, and I know that from experience with just people, things, and just living life, that I know that it all it takes is just one decision to make. And it can add blessings to your life, and it can add, you know, cursings to your life. And you want to make sure that you're always in tune to God and, to his, and have your ear to Him. So that way, when you're making these decisions, you know, God is right there telling you what to do. And not only is He guiding you, into the path of righteous righteousness he wants us to lean on him to make these decisions because god knows the end result we don't you know and a lot of times we make decisions based off our emotions you know our lusts our desires and that plays uh plays a role you know in, in the, the things that you know we decide so we got to be really really careful about what we answer, when we answer, and how we answer. We have to really figure out our motives and why we do things. And it doesn't mean that God can't use them, but just know that just like how God can work through us to make decisions and give us a desire, so can the devil. You know, the, the devil works off our weaknesses and he works off our brokenness, you know, to, to, and what I put in my notes is, is that whenever we're tempted, like the Bible says, we're not, whenever we're tempted, we're not ever tempted in an area that we're strong in. We're always tempted in an area that we're weak. You know, we're always tempted in the area that we have brokenness in. And that's how the devil trips us, trips, trips us up is to work through what it is that is not whole in Christ, you know. So if we have lust, 
you know, if you if you're prideful, if you're greedy, the devil can work through those things to trip us up to get us to make a decision that can affect us for the rest of our lives. And now we're sitting up here trying to break new generational curses because we failed to bring our flesh, you know, into submission, you know, to God. Use your time wisely. Just because you and I have time, it does not mean that we have time for the it's, for the dumbs, for the whatever else that will cause us a distraction. We have to learn how to take authority over our time. You know, and this is something that God has put in my heart as I was jotting down my notes. God was saying that we need to take authority over the time that we have. Like we have time. And I'll give you an example. Say like if you had in mind, I'm going to chill the whole weekend. I'm going to do Bible study. Um, I'm going to help with one of the nonprofit organizations. I'm going to do, uh, clean out my closet so I can donate, you know, some of the clothes and the things that I have that I don't wear that's decent that someone else can use, you know. Say, like, if you had that, say, like, if God put that on your heart, whether you realize it or not. Say that God put something in your heart for you to do, you know, that weekend, and someone comes and says, hey, can you babysit for me? Or something comes your way to where someone or something is pulling you away from what God has put on your heart. You have authority over your time. You have the authority to say yes or no. And if you listen to God and he'll tell you to say no to those things and those people and distractions and you tell them no. Now, if you're a person that's a people pleaser and you know, you have pride or you have ego or just let's say it's a person who has a certain position of authority or they're like famous or something to where your brokenness or weakness or ego if tells you if you're connected to this person and if you be nice to this person and if you can try to connect with them, then, you know, you'll get the hookup. So then you say yes. But you know that God has put it on your heart to do what it is that he told you to do for that weekend. Now, your weakness, your lust, and your ego is going to get you to say yes to this person when, in fact, God wants you to use your authority to say no. Now, you don't have to be nasty and you don't have to be mean, but respectfully say no, maybe at a later time, or maybe no, just no is a no. So... When God tells us that we have authority to use our time wisely, that we have a right to say yes or no, and there really is power in the word no. And if you upset people, that's fine. You know, if they want to get upset, that's okay. Because we're not meant to always take everything that is given to us, okay? Not everything that's given to us by people or life circumstances is meant for us to grab, you know, because not everything is of God. There are times when the devil throws things our way. That doesn't mean that we're supposed to grab it. Like you have people who say, who you have people who believe that there's opportunity in everything. No, not really. You have to be aware of what's coming your way. Like I said, we are tempted based on our weaknesses. We are tempted based on our generational curses. We are tempted based on our own lusts. You know, like the Bible says, the only reason why we're tempted in certain areas is because we desire those things, you know. And it's, it's the truth. If you think about it, if you're a person who doesn't desire to smoke cigarettes, like you don't like it, the devil can't tempt you with smoking cigarettes. The devil can put a pack of cigarettes in your face all day, 
But if you don't really desire those things, it's not going to bother you. So, therefore, it's not a temptation. It's like, okay, whatever. You know, I have no desire, you know, to smoke cigarettes. So, you know, just like, just whatever. So, it's like, like the Bible says, um, and if you really if you really think about it, we are tempted in the areas that we are weak in, that we have weaknesses in, and in that we need to become whole. And don't get discouraged when you're tempted and you fall into temptation because really there's joy in trials and there's joy in in tribulation. You know, like Paul said, you know, when you fall into temptation, you know, repent, yes. But at the same time, you know, if you're wise, just like the devil you can use that to say, you know what, this is an area that I need to grow in, okay? Because if you're never tempted in an area, you're not going to know what you're weak at. You know, you're not going to be aware of what it is that your flesh is, you know, privy to. And that's a lot of times why we have church fasting, we have individual fast, we have corporate fast, because it's to bring our flesh into submission. And it's for God to do a healing in our lives. So the next time you're tempted, don't beat yourself up. You know, say, okay, thank you, God, for allowing me to see where I need to grow. Now you jot down, you know, that temptation and whatever lust and whatever it is that you have going on. And then you ask God to help you to break that, to break that uh, weakness and become whole in that area because none of us is perfect. You know, we all have, the Bible said that there's no no temptation that is uncommon to man. You know, we all are tempted. We all have lust. We all have weaknesses. We all have areas that we have fallen short in, okay? So we all have the same time. We all have 24 hours. Use your time wisely. When you wake up in the morning, how do you use your time? Do you worry, okay? Do you have anxiety or panic attacks? Do you worry about, um, you know, your family? Do you worry about your job? Do you worry about your friends? Do you worry about... Anything that is not of God, or do you pray? You know, when you when you first wake up, what do you do? You know, and all of us have experienced this to where when we wake up, a lot of times the worry from the night before or the day before or however long you let it linger on, sometimes, you know, we can feel like when we wake up, we feel the reality of the drama and the negativity flushing and rushing, you know, to us. But what do you do? Do you just allow that to happen? Or do you allow God in in your prayer time to defeat those words of the enemy? Do you speak God's word over the negativity that's trying to come at you? You know? So use your time wisely. Our days are numbered. And I'm going to read a few scriptures. Now I'm going to put my glasses because I need to see. So in using our time wisely, we know that our days are numbered. Like I said before, we all have 24 hours within a day. But not only do we have 24 hours within a day, our days on this earth are numbered. Just like how God numbered our hairs on our head, our days on this earth are numbered. And God wants to utilize us how he wants to utilize us and we only have a certain amount of time on this earth you know who knows you don't know if you're gonna live to be 60 85 112 you don't know how old you're gonna live you know and you don't know when you're gonna die what you're gonna die from and what the case is so all of our days are numbered so let me read a few scriptures here to to help 
you in knowing that our days are numbered. So I'm going to read from Job 8, chapter 8, verses 9, the King James Version. The King James Version. For we are but of yesterday and know nothing because our days upon the earth are a shadow. And then the next scripture I'm going to read is Job 14, verses 5 through 7. Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Turn from him that he may rest till he shall accomplish as a hireling his day. For there is hope of a tree if it be cut down that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. So these scriptures are saying that our days are numbered and God knows every detail and that God is the one who decides if the tree is going to still grow. God is going to decide if you cut the leaves off the tree that it's going to grow back because his word is what speaks life into all things that he that he created and his his word is what speaks life into us. You know, this is why we're breathing at this very moment. So we all have 24 hours within a day, but our days are limited and our days are numbered. How we spend time throughout our days, how we how we spend our times in the mornings are very important. It's very crucial. When you wake up and you have thoughts of positivity, your day will 100% of the time turn out to be a lot better than when you wake up in the morning and when you have negativity just flooding your mind, when you have worry flooding your mind. What you do in the morning sets your tone and sets your atmosphere for the day. You understand what I'm saying? So if you wake up very angry, you wake up very mad, you wake up very worried, it's going to carry on throughout your days. But if you wake up and you give honor, thanks to God, when you wake up and you pray, and you speak God's word over whatever negativity is trying to come at you, you set your tone and you put God first. When we put God first, we always win, no matter what. No matter what comes at us through the, throughout the day. When we put God first, we're always going to win. Okay? So, not only do we honor God with the first, the first fruits of our, our uh, money, but we also have to honor God in the first the first fruits of our day you know do we give honor and praise to god as soon as we wake up you know that's important we do like i said we have the authority over our time we can say yes or no and that means we say yes yes or no to the devil as well like this is our time just because the devil throws things out our way don't mean that we have to take it or receive it like we don't have to we don't have to do that like the time that god has given us is for us just like how we God has given us the power and authority to say yes or no to people, that goes for Satan as well, you know? So use your time wisely. We need to use our time wisely because we only have 24 hours within, within a day and every day counts, okay? Because you don't get that day back. You know, I don't get that day back. I won't get yesterday back, you know? None of us is going to get yesterday back. Yesterday is already done and gone with. It's done. The 24 hours has vanished. It will never repeat itself. Another thing that God has put on my heart, when I was jotting down these notes, when I'm thinking, you know, don't waste our time, don't waste our season, and our time is limited, we have 24 hours within a day 
just like everybody else. One of the things that God spoke into my spirit quickly was that he said, forgive quickly. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to jot this down. And as I'm jotting it down, you know, God was really giving me the the understanding of, I know, you know, I'm going to do the podcast on don't miss your season and, you know, don't waste your time and things like that of distractions that come through us throughout the day. But one of the things that God really wanted me to hit home first, and I actually should have said this first, but if it's going to be anything um, that we're going to learn from this podcast is to forgive quickly, okay? Forgiving people who offend us, forgiving those who trip us up, forgiving ourselves. You know, a lot of times we, we don't forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we made. And it's it's funny, but it's not funny how we can ask God for forgiveness. We can, and we do all the time. You know, as Christians, we we ask God for forgiveness to forgive us for our sins. And we forgive other people faster and better than we forgive ourselves. Because if you think about it, you can ask God to forgive you. And he will forgive you. If you really repent in your heart, God will forgive you. And you can really forgive other people. But you can also still forgive people you can Ask God to forgive you and he'll forgive you, but you can also still hold on to unforgiveness, you know, toward yourself. And that's important for us to forgive ourselves, you know, because we can't extend grace to people and we want God to extend grace to us, but then we don't forgive ourselves. Because when the Bible talks about that we need to forgive, that includes ourselves. Forgiving ourselves is just as important and just as crucial as we are to forgive our own brethren and sisters in Christ and just people in general. Like, forgiving ourselves is so much more important. And you learn how to forgive yourself when you're learning how to walk in love towards yourself. A lot of times we always want to give from God, give it to the people. Give from God, give it to the people. Give from God, give it to the people. And especially if you're a nurturer, you know, like me, you always want to give to everybody. You always want to take care of everybody, but then you forget to take care of yourself. And there's always a balance in this. Yes, we're supposed to take care of ourselves. And yes, we're supposed to let God take care of sorry, I said that backwards. Yes, we're supposed to let God take care of our, you know, take care of us, but God also wants us to take care of us. Like He doesn't want us to neglect ourselves. You know, it's like it's kinda of like having a cleaning business, you know, you Go to someone's house to clean their house, spot and spick and span because you know that they're paying you for a service and this is your business. But then when you go home, you clean up half-heartedly. You know, God wants you to keep your house just as clean as you would keep um, someone who's a paying customer. And that's how what we have to do when we take care of ourselves. You know, now there are times when God will tell us to let go of a thing so he can take care of it. And that's different. And when God says that, you'll know when he's saying it, but until then, take care of yourself just as well as you would take care of the next person, you know, forgive yourself just as easily as you would forgive someone, forgive yourself the same way you would ask God to help you to forgive someone else, because it's very important that we also self-love, you know, in this season, not to be self-conceited, not to be self-arrogant, but to really love ourselves, you know, as Christians, and taking care of ourselves, and having good balance and not being burnt out to the point to where you start to hate ministry, you start to hate uh, taking care of other people. There's no there's no way in the Bible where it says that we have to take care of people and neglect ourselves. It doesn't say that in the Bible. Everything we do has to be in balance. 
Now, if you want to do an inventory of your day, your week, keep a journal, okay? Whether you keep it at work, whether you keep it on you at, whether you're traveling, you know, throughout the weekend or throughout the week, um, keep a daily journal, you know, you can write throughout the day or you can purposely think about things and then jot it down when you get to your home or to like a safe place to where you feel like you can jot things down and then also recap the week and think of the things that you've done the think think of the things that you have been doing and do an inventory you know like how when you do a budget in inventory of all the money you spend your finances, you know, your monthly bills, your weekly bills, things that you do on a regular basis, you know, whatever's coming out of your paycheck, you know, you do an inventory to see how much you make, uh, to see how much you spend, what's going on what, and then you kind of reorganize and reprioritize based on your income and based on your needs. So when you want to do an inventory to figure out if you're wasting your time or not, Think about and be mindful of the things that you're doing throughout the day and then throughout the week. And maybe keep a journal for a week. Keep keep an inventory for a month just to see your patterns. You know, see how you react when people put you down. See how you react when people lift you up. Uh, see how you react when you're in traffic. See how you um, be pay attention to um, how you talk to yourself when you wake up in the morning or throughout the day. And keep a list of a journal of to say, this is what happened to me today this is how I felt, and so and so and so on. And then maybe like on a Saturday or a Sunday, sit down and go back and read everything that you wrote um, and take inventory. You know, how did you feel when you woke up in the morning and, you know, your thoughts were negative? You know, how did you feel when um, so-and-so said this about you? How did you feel when this person gave you praise and honor? Um, how did you feel when, you know, you watched a good movie that was lighthearted and made you laugh? Things like that. Just or, you know, when you had an hour of free time, what did you do with your time? You know, jot down pretty much everything that you've done and think on it and see and actually pray as well. Pray over what it is that you've noticed about yourself throughout the days, throughout the week. Pay attention to how you operate and pray and ask God to to show you how to utilize your time, pray and ask God to show you how to shuffle things around and reprioritize. You know, do you always have lunch with a person who gossips? Um, do you always have dinner with a person who gossips? Uh, do you go out? Of, do you go out of your way too much? You know, even when you're tired to help other people, when you know that you should be resting and recuperating, things like that. Just Take an inventory of your thoughts. Take an inventory of the things that you're doing. Take an inventory of the things that you're saying. And it may seem overwhelming, but none of us is going to get it right the first time. Like, one season, God can work on you about your gossiping. And the next season, God can work on, you know, your thoughts and patterns, you know, mentally. The next season, you know, God can work on your finances. We all have a season to where God is doing a new thing. We all have a season to where God is working on it. Just because he's working on one area and not the other doesn't mean that, you know, you're not 
you know, a great Christian or a great person. It just means that God has taken his time in his area because God can heal us, you know, and take away everything that is not of him in a second. But to be humble and to stay focused on his journey while we live this, while we live our time out on this earth, this is just a process. And everybody has a season and a process and a progress that's different, you know, from the next. So take an inventory. Um, People, you know, we often become distracted by those who we are supposed to say hi and bye to. Like I was saying before here, I have it in my notes. You know, a lot of times, you know, we get distracted. And another thing that I put in my notes, um, when we get distracted by people we're supposed to say hi and bye to is, is that even if we're in a season of wholeness and we've become whole, we often attract, especially if you're nurturer like me, we often, and, and if you're whole, we often attract people who are broken, and you may find that, oh, you're a nurturer or you're a whole person, you may find that you attract people who are broken, and when you attract people who are broken, it doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. A lot of times, people who are broken, they find comfort in a person who's whole because sometimes they may feel like if they attach themselves to us or to you, that you know, some of your wholeness can, can rub off on them. And that's not the case. Um, there's a difference, there's a difference between ministering to someone, uh, you know, the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ and and giving them tips and, and things like that. But just to go back to people who you should say hi and bye to, you know, people, those are people who are not supposed to stay in our lives pass high and by. You say hi, you say bye, and then that's it. Another thing that broken people, people with brokenness, have a tendency to do is just that when they interact with people who are whole, with people who are nurturing, they tend to find safety in your wholeness. And just because they find safety in your wholeness doesn't mean that you have to let these people drag on in your lives. And this is not to say, you know, to have a high mind and to be haughty and naughty, to say, oh, look, I'm better than you. No, it's not what that's saying. It's just that not everybody who we come across is supposed to stay in our lives for a long period of time. You know, even if you have a business partner and God says, okay, in this season, you two are going to, or you three, or you four, or the eight people that God gives you for your business, you may be in a business for maybe a year, two years, five years, and maybe God wants you to step down and let somebody else take the reins, and then you move on from that thing. We all have our seasons with people and businesses and things and organizations, and we just have to know when it's time for a high and by and when it's time for a coffee, you know, a dinner, or things like that. We just have to be mindful, and we have to pray and ask God for a spirit of discernment to be able to recognize when the devil is sending people your way and when God is sending people your way because when God sends people our way, it's to bless us. When when the devil sends people our way, it's to distract us and to throw us off course, okay? So we have to be mindful of who we need to say hi and bye to and we need to be mindful of if this is God and if there are a thing, okay? So just be careful, you know, at all times. And this is not just for a season. Being Having a spirit of discernment is for the rest of your life. Okay, listen carefully to what God is saying. And I don't care if you are, you know, out there on the streets and, and prostituting and, you know, you're out there in a club. You know, God isn't going to stop talking to you just because you're out there, 
you know, in no man's land, living in the world. You know, God always wants to talk to us. God always wants to speak to us. And you can be sitting up, you can be prostituting, you know, you could be working in a strip club, you know, stripping. And God may speak to you and say, you know what, don't work tonight. Maybe the club is going to get shot up. You know, God doesn't love a stripper any less than he loves a pastor who's really living their lives how God calls them to live. God loves everybody the same. God loves people who are even not saved. And like in my other Bible studies, like I said, and like what God has put in my heart, you know, you don't have to be saved for God to breathe life into you. There are atheists and people out there who don't believe in God, yet God breathes life into them every day. What does that tell you about God? Like if God didn't love people who, if God didn't love people who were not Christians, like everybody who wasn't saved would be dead. You know, so this that goes to show you, and this goes to show you that God loves everybody. He doesn't care if you're in a strip club. He doesn't care if you're on drugs. God don't care if you're smoking crap. God will still speak to you while you're taking a bottle of liquor. God will still speak to you while you're shooting up heroin. It doesn't matter. God loves everybody, and we have to get out of this mindset, you know, as Christians, that, you know, we're better than other people who are of the world. We're not better than nobody God loves us the same. God calls us to live righteously, but just because he calls us to live righteously doesn't mean that we're better. Because if you look at Paul, who was once named Saul, pretty much, if you want to, how can I say this? If you really want to look at how God loves, how God's love works through people, think about modern day ISIS, right? You have ISIS, you have these terrorist groups who hate America, and they also hate Christians, right? They kill Christians, they behead Christians on a daily basis. That's pretty much who who Saul, before he, he met Jesus in Damascus, that's pretty much who Saul was, who, once Jesus changed him on his way to Damascus, he was renamed and called Paul. Paul literally beheaded and crucified Christians like Paul was a modern day ISIS and now you you read the New Testament and guess what Paul wrote two-thirds of the Bible you can't tell me that God doesn't love people you know if any if any I'm this and this is for somebody if you meet any Christian so-called Christian who gives themselves the labor as Christian if you meet any person who goes to church and they tell you that they don't like you and God doesn't love you because you're living in sin. That's a lie. God doesn't like the sin that you live in, but God loves everybody. And if somebody is telling you that within their church or a pastor is telling you that, you need to leave that church and you need to leave them people alone. And let me tell you this also. Don't give up the faith in God because other people can't witness to Jesus properly. Don't give up on your faith because other people are not living their lives how they're supposed to. Okay, you hold on to Jesus the best you can and you hold on to Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit for the rest of your life. If other people are not living their lives righteously how God called them to live, that's fine. Love them anyway, move on. And if you get hurt by the church, that's fine as well. You know, and it doesn't mean because you get hurt by the church that you're supposed to leave that church. Okay, forgive, forgive quickly because you have 24 hours in a day. Don't waste your time holding on to, to unforgiveness and bitterness for 10 years down the line, okay? Be a better person. Show love. Walk in love. Walk in the same love that you want 
somebody to show you. And it may be that maybe you're called to be that person who you always wanted to confide into. You know, don't hate them. You know, don't give up on the faith because you meet a couple of people who they say they were Christians and they talk bad about you. You know, they're not, you know, they don't want to communicate with you. They think that your lifestyle is is not, you know, or they know that your lifestyle is not righteous. You know, maybe you had a baby out of wet life. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you have a Christian who's telling you that you don't matter because you live in sin, if you have some, you know, people who are supposedly of the church and of the faith, you know, just like the scribes and Pharisees, you know, they're down to you, they're throwing stones, they're throwing rocks based on a life that they see you living, but yet they're at home doing all kinds of stuff, you know? So don't give up the faith because of other people, you know? Don't walk away from the faith because other people, you know, stone you and put you down. So what? You live a different lifestyle. And like I tell people, you know, all the time, or like I've mentioned all the time before, just because people can see your sin publicly doesn't mean that everybody else don't have sin that they're living you know, uh, privately, you have private sin and then you have sin that people can see, you know, and God doesn't love us, uh, love any of us any more or less than the other. He loves us just the same. He just doesn't like or love the sin that some of us may have or some of the generational curses or some of the things, you know, that, you know, we do in our lives. So just know that, you know, you are loved and keep the faith, keep, keep, your hope alive and keep your fire burning for Christ, even if you don't have everything perfectly, okay? So know who you're supposed to say hi and bye to. Ask God for a spirit of discernment if you don't have it already. And be aware of your surroundings. Be mindful of the things that you're doing. Don't become broken. Don't be don't become broken by trying to help other people who are broken. Um, it's okay to minister, you know, to people from a distance, but when we start developing soul ties, when we start becoming in bondage with other people's um, junk, and it starts to pull us down from our ministry and from ministering to other people, that's when you know you need to separate yourself because, and that's where the spirit of discernment will come into play know who you're supposed to minister to from a distance and know who you're supposed to fellowship with. And Jesus is a perfect example because he had 12 disciples who he fellowshiped with on a daily basis for almost three years or three and a half years or however long it was. But then he had people who he ministered to um, on a daily basis, but he ministered to them, you know, not saying from a distance because, you know, he was Jesus. But if you just look at his life, how he fellowshiped with uh, 12 disciples, you know, those were those were the disciples who were who were really close to him and who they pretty much had a uh, brothership with, you know, and then Jesus ministered to to people who were around him. But he always traveled with the 12 disciples. So just know who we're supposed to minister to it and know who we're supposed to fellowship with. So know who you're supposed to fellowship with and know who you're supposed to minister to. There's a difference. Do not get caught up in people's drama or start drama. And I think I can speak for myself and for everyone. There are times in our Christian walk where, you know, we may find ourselves gossiping about people. We may find ourselves creating drama. We may find ourselves starting drama. But as we grow in Christ, we realize that that's wrong. You know, get the drama out of your life. 
And if you got to say bye to people, that's fine. You know, because drama and gossip in a Christian's life is, is you're not going to grow. You're not going to be able to walk in wholeness when you're tearing other people down. Okay? Get the drama and the gossip out of your life. And be mindful of the words that you speak over yourself, about yourself. Be careful of the words that you speak about other people and what you're speaking over their lives because God sees all. Even if they are, even if they deserve to be talked about or even if what you were saying about them is correct, be careful for not to gossip and be careful for not starting drama. Now, there's a difference when you are truly trying to warn someone or a group of people about a certain thing that a person does that's really going to be harmful you know to other people then there's a difference between giving a warning and when you have a spirit of discernment you will know when God is telling you to warn someone or a group of people about such and such or maybe a, a, a organization or, or whatever have you because you wouldn't want someone to get caught up into something that you know you wouldn't want to be caught up in and there's a difference but there's also a fine line so please be careful with that and the holy spirit if you're really honest about trying to warn people versus gossip and the holy spirit it really is it's going to give you uh give you the right words to say at the right time so don't ever worry about god not ever guiding us directly into what we're supposed to say and when and how we're supposed to say it because we can speak the truth in love really and, you know, it's not that it's not hard, but it's not impossible. Stop backbiting. Backbiting, according to uh, the dictionary, means malicious talk about someone who is not present. Okay? We got to get rid of the backbiting. Okay? Because us gossiping about other people is not going to get us in our season a lot faster. And it's not going to make us feel better about ourselves. Any person who gossip, they can't feel better about themselves. If you have low self-esteem and you talking about other people weaknesses or you're trying to make them lower than your low self-esteem and you may feel good about it your flesh may, may feel good feel good about it but ultimately you're not feeling good about yourself because no person who gossip gossips about other people feels good about themselves and about other people okay so just be careful of the talk you know be careful of your words we need to be careful of our words and what we're saying to other people and about other people Now, I do have some scriptures that talks about in reference to gossiping and backbiting. And this one is from Psalm 50, 20. Psalm uh, chapter 50, verse 20. And this is all going to be the King James Version. And I'm reading from uh, BibleGateway.com. They do have an app. It's called the Bible app. But I'm reading from the website for, for right now. Psalm 50, verses tw verse 20. Thou sittest and speaketh, speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. Meaning, gossip has no mercy when it comes to anyone. Like, we can sit up there and gossip about our own brethren and sisters in Christ. We can gossip and, and slander and have malicious talk towards somebody we don't even know. And what you speak will come back to you. Um, the word is the words that we speak out of our mouths is very powerful, and we need to watch what we say. Because if 
God allowed everything to happen to us that we spoke about other people and their weaknesses and things like that and things that um, we didn't agree with. We would be in deep trouble because that would that would make us reflect and look upon. Wow, I used to gossip about this person. Now look at me, you know. And I used to make fun of this person being in that situation, you know. Now look at me. So we need to be careful and ask God to help us to walk in love, even if we don't agree with someone, what they're doing, what they're saying. Um, ask God to help you to walk in love, and I do this too. And it's hard um, to love someone who talks about you. But like I said before, you know, the word that God gave to me was to forgive quickly because we don't have a lot of time on this earth, whether it's 20 years, whether it's uh, 30 years, whether it's 40 years, whether it's 85 years, whether you live to be 112 years old. It doesn't matter. Our time is still but a season and we're as the dust in the sand, you know, as the Bible says, and God gives us. A certain amount of time to live this earth and you don't want to spend it gossiping about people you don't want to spend it uh, adding more drama to our lives because we already have drama and, and things are going to come our way that is allowed and ordained by God but it's of Satan it's like why would you want to add more drama and pain and hurt to your life when you're already going to have that naturally just by being on this earth because we're all born into a world of sin we're all born sinners Okay, so stop the backbiting. And here are some scriptures on bridling your tongue. Proverbs 21, verse 23. And this is the King James Version. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Like I said before, there's no way that you and I can gossip about people and gossip about the things about the world and feel good about ourselves and adding more drama to our lives up like there's no way you know and there's a reason why that why god allows that is because just imagine the things that god has spoken god is so powerful that whatever he speaks come to pass imagine what that says in the spiritual realm when you gossip about people when you're slandering people when you are backbiting when you're speaking of maliciousness and evilness that goes into the atmosphere and then that ricochets back into, you know, your life. So just be careful of the things that you're saying because you don't know um, some of the things that you're abiding into your life just by gossiping and putting other people down, thinking that you're better than them. And even if, like I said before, they deserved it or they had things coming their way, still watch what you say, you know. Don't think, oh, well, someone else is going to talk about it. I can talk about it. No. God sees all. He know he knows what everyone else is doing. You don't need to slander people with the you know the words of your mouth because it's not going to make them a better person and it's not going to make you a better person. Okay. Be mindful of your thoughts. How do you think about yourself? How do you see yourself in your mind? Do you love yourself with your mind, or are you very critical and malicious towards yourself? And where do those thoughts come from? Your childhood, your parents, your guardians, who uh, whoever raised you. You know, it could be church members. You know, your abusive husband, your abusive boyfriend, your abusive wife, your abusive girlfriend. You are not who they told you you are. A lot of people, a lot of us have different backgrounds. A lot of us come from 
great childhoods. A lot of us come from messed up childhoods. A lot of us come from churches who we want to model after them because they really are led by God. And then some of us come from churches that are broken and, and messy. And, you know, um, the the people who are over that church are not leading right. You know, some of us come from abusive relationships. You know, some of us come from great relationships. So we are all coming from something, some people, some generational curses, some generational blessings. And if we pay attention to our thoughts and we pay attention to how we speak to ourselves and if we pay attention to how we treat ourselves in life, we we will pinpoint where those thoughts came from, where they stem from. Like everything that happens in life, I feel, is a seed planted. And it doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect. Even if you come from a, a great background, it doesn't mean that your life is going to be all that bad just because you've come from a bad background. It just means that we have all have seeds that are planted within us from childhood until now. But if we pay attention to our thoughts, what we do, why we do it, we can pinpoint it to a person that we, we looked up to. We can pinpoint it to um, being hurt by a church member. We can pinpoint everything back to something. And if we can't, I do honestly believe that either God has erased it from our memories for a purpose or in due season, as God is healing us and growing us and as we're becoming better Christians and as we're learning how to love ourselves and other people and to love God more, I honestly feel that God is going to reveal certain things, you know, to you and to, and to us. And, you know, God may reveal something to you in your 40s that happened to you when you were seven years old. And it's just that season. You may go, oh, wow, I didn't realize that that happened. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit brought it to your remembrance. And that's fine. That's okay. You know, it's a season of growing and this is a season of, of revelation. So, what you think toward yourself, how you speak toward yourself, how you feel about yourself stems from a lot of things. And if you have negative thoughts, if you have negative emotions, just ask God to show you if you don't already know where those things are coming from and why do you feel negative about yourself? Why do you feel like you got to talk down to yourself? Those those uh, upbringings and those associations throughout life play play a big role. This is another reason why we have to be careful about who we associate ourselves with, even as adults, because adults hurt us too. We can get we can get hurt by adults, you know. And all it takes is that one person, that one bad situation, that one bad relationship, and it'll set your course for your life for the next fifteen years. And now you're rumbling and stumbling um, upon you know, life and things and it, you know, certain people, you know, may, as they say in the streets, you know, turn you out, you know, you could become a prostitute or a stripper because you feel like, you know, maybe the person had the best of your years and now you feel like you're worthless because they told you that you're worthless and now you're out there just living life and, and, and adding more hurt and pain to your life because you feel like you're not worth love and you feel like you're not worthy of love and you feel like you're not worthy of a good companion and you feel like you're not worthy of having good friends because of one bad person so pay attention to yourself pay attention to your thoughts pay attention to to what's going on in your mind and and 
when I say you, it doesn't mean that I'm not referring to myself. It's just that I'm trying to get the point across so you can relate, you know, as is to you. Okay, so be careful of the thoughts that you have towards yourself. Be careful of the things that you're saying because just like how when we gossip about other people and um, it, I'm trying to find the right words. When we gossip about other people, we don't bring happiness upon our upon ourselves and when we when we talk bad about ourselves and when we talk bad to ourselves that's just as bad as gossiping about someone else because God doesn't like when we gossip about other people and God doesn't like when we have negative self-talk okay um and God just gave me this revelation if you are a child of God actually yes a child of God but God breathes life into everybody you know uh, like I said the unbelievers the people who are saved you know, God breathes life, life into all of us. So us talking negative to ourselves and about ourselves, that's like going against God, okay? Because God lives in us and God lives through us. So for me to have negative uh, thoughts about myself and for me to talk, you know, bad about myself or to feel bad about myself is me going against myself and going against God. So imagine us going against God every single day, you know, having bad thoughts. God doesn't want to hear that. God doesn't want to allow the Holy Spirit to not, well, he doesn't want us to allow the Holy Spirit to, he doesn't want to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in us having ne negative self, you know, negative self thoughts and negative self talk. You know, the the Holy Spirit is trying to, love on you and, and reveal that God loves us and to love me. And it's it's like going against going against the grain. It's like when you're when you have self doubt, when you have negative self talk, when you put yourself down. It's like you're going against God. And it that's not a good feeling because God is trying to uplift you and hold you up and let him and he's trying to show you that he loves you, but you have all this self hate and self negative talk that and it's and it's clashing and that's sometimes why you may feel frustrated and that's sometimes why you may feel like you're stuck sometimes it's because of how you feel about yourself you want to go forward and the holy spirit is directing you to go forward but you keep pulling yourself back by the lifestyle that you live all because you are not getting on the accord that god wants you to have so be careful of your your negative self-tone be careful of the things that you're you're thinking you know god he he loves us he does he loves us unconditionally he really does it's there's not one thing in this earth that we can do like the bible says that can get god to not love us okay god loves us so much and don't repeat the words that other people repeated to you don't take on the the eye rolls the 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 things that people don't say about you affect you don't let it damage your relationship with god you know you may have someone who you could be walking down the block and they could go mm, girl did you see her shoes so they don't like your shoes they don't have to and it could have been that they did like it you know your shoes it's just that your shoes are better than theirs they just mad that they don't have it. So if you take on that negativity in your mind, you may think, oh, man, they don't like my shoes. You know, maybe I should change my shoes. No, don't change your shoes. You know, the same thing with people who they may think, oh, she thinks she's all that or he thinks he's all that. They think you all that. 
but they want you to have self-doubt and self-negativity because they don't want you to have what it is that you have because they don't have it. So don't take on people's uh, hatred for you. Don't take on what people have said in the past, whether it was your parents, your guardians, your grandparents, your relatives, you know, church members, just because they spoke it to you and spoke it over you doesn't mean that it's true and doesn't mean that it it's it's the truth. If it's not of God, then it's not of God. Okay. Sometimes you have to cut so oh, this is a good one. Okay, so God gave me this as well. Sometimes we have to cut soul ties with family members. Praise the Lord. Yes, we have to cut soul ties with negative family members. The devil will work through people, okay? He will work through family especially because family is the closest to us besides our best friends and things like that. But the devil will work through family, okay, because we keep family closest, so... What way to trip up someone if you wanted to get to them is to get to the people who are closer to them. And the devil gets through people. He works through people. um, And he works through family. Okay? We hold family very close because we should. You know, naturally, you know, we we have bloodlines. And, you know, you, you automatically love your family until, you know, they start doing stuff and mess it up or whatever. But as God was giving me this word, he was telling me how you may have a person who's not saved and they just speak constantly negativity. And they always, every time you're around them, you know, they have a question about God and the Bible and things like that it's just so they can trip you up. We have to break soul ties with family members who are toxic, toxic. We have to break soul ties with family members who are toxic. It could be your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your siblings, your uncle, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins. Anybody who is of your family and of your bloodline. If God is telling you to get them out of your life, get them out your life. Okay? Stop holding people close just because they're your relatives. Okay? Just like if you got out of a bad relationship, a toxic relationship... A relationship that is not of God. Um, whatever relationships that God has broken off in your life, just like how you have to break soul ties from them. And it's not always that you have sexual soul ties with people. You can sometimes have emotional soul ties with people, okay? And, you know, just all that soul tie stuff, you know, as far as like mentally, uh, emotionally, spiritually, uh, and physically. You have to break soul ties with family members as well. And you can still love them, just love them from a distance, okay? That don't mean you got to call on Christmas and whatnot. Um, it just means that you just have to break soul ties. Break soul ties with family members and ask God to show you who you need to stop always communicating with, you know? And it's sad. And this is why the devil works through family because he knows that we're going to try to lean on our families first rather than what we, you know, lean on our friends or our best friends and things like that. So ask God to show you who's who. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible does say, you know, honor our mother, honor our father, honor our parents. So that way we may have longer days. Yes, you can still honor your parents or parent or guardian or whoever raised you. You can still honor them. God will show you how to still honor your parents, but still break 
those soul ties if they are not of God and if they're not doing what God has told them to do and if they're not leading you down the right path. If someone's trying to lead you down the wrong path, regardless of who they are, God is going to show you who they are. And God can still allow you to honor them, okay, but still separate yourself from them, okay? You love them from a distance and you're like, okay, bye, you know? And it doesn't mean that, you know, God hates them, okay? But God gives each of us the free will, you know, to choose Jesus Christ. And there are going to be some people who are not going to choose Jesus Christ, and that's fine, you know. And there's going to be some people who are going to be saved, but they're not going to choose to live a righteous life. And they may still live a life that's destructive even after getting saved. And God is going to let them, you know, he's going to give them the freedom to do whatever it is that they want. But just because they're relatives doesn't mean that they have to remain a constant in your life. Just like how you have to get rid of toxic relationships of people who are not related to you the same you have to do with family because let me tell you family will bring you down okay they will bring you down if you let it and I remember my father used to tell me this even as a kid he was like Emily don't let anybody stop you he was like that includes family and I hold true to those words because why would you want to stop your life because other people are not going in a, a a good direction. Like, why would you want to destroy your life because other people are not living right? You know, that's not the life that we should we should want to live. Is to to live, um, live life going down a downward spiral. You know, that's not the life that God calls us to have. You know, surround yourself with people who are called by God to live in your life in that season. Because being connected to the right people will get you into places. Um, being connected to the wrong people will have you running wild, running in the streets, not living right, not living for God. So be careful who you are connected to. And I know it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse, but I'm, I'm telling you, some people you're just supposed to say hi and bye to and keep it moving. Okay, don't stop. Don't collect $200. Don't go past gold. Just keep it moving. Like, hi, bye. You know? And ask God for a spirit of discernment to be able to see who people are. Because I'm telling you, we are in our last days. And the devil ain't playing. But neither is God. And God is going to allow us. He's going to let us choose what we want. And he is going to let us choose who we want to choose. But if we want to choose God, we are going to have to live life how he tells us to live and if we are to walk in the seasons that he has for us we have to be praying and asking god for a spirit of discernment and that also includes fasting and praying and getting into the word of god more if you want to live a life that god has for you if you want to live a life that's pleasing to god if you want to get from one season to the next you're going to have to have your ears in tune to god and you're going to have to be available to him for him to tell you what moves to make next Okay, so what else do I have? Oh, okay, in reference to relatives and people, just like how we have to protect our spirits against other people outside of our family, we have to protect our spirit against anyone. And that's what God gave me in my notes. We have to protect our spirit against all people that is not of God. Because you can be at a family gathering and the devil can tempt someone to bring up something that you did seven years ago. And you can really be hurt by it. 
And it's not that you're not healed. It's just that um, when people speak slander and they speak um, things that are not of God and they have hate and venom, you know, within themselves, you know, words are powerful. Words can uplift you and words can bring you down. And when people speak with malice and maliciousness and when they purposely want to hurt you, a lot of that stuff can get off on from them into you. So protect your spirit from anyone. And that includes family. That includes friends. Um, actually, and if, and if they're supposedly your friend, they're not your friend. Not if they're hurting you. Okay. And there's a difference when people are speaking the truth and love and you being offended when God told them to tell you something versus people being uh, malicious with their words and with their thoughts and with their attitude towards you. Okay, so protect your spirit and that then that goes for anybody. It doesn't it doesn't matter who it is. And then I put in my notes, uh this is why the devil works through relatives more than he works through strangers is because we are so trusting of of our family and we let our guards down too much when it comes to family and we don't even know who they are really on the inside and you need a spirit of discernment when you're dealing with relatives as well and you need to be aware of what generational curses that they are operating from when they are operating from it and you need to be aware of who's who and I don't mean walk on eggshells I just mean that have a spirit of discernment to discern who is who and what they're operating from so that way you can know how to handle yourself around them because i understand that when dealing with family and even sometimes business people there are certain things you can't avoid like there are certain meetings and certain things and certain gatherings that you can't avoid like sometimes you have to you have to be present like at a funeral or at a wedding sometimes you're going to be around people who you know is not healthy for you but it just so happens that you're you're within that vicinity and when it's things like that the holy spirit will give us wisdom on how to operate and how to stand guard and wear our full armor of god even when we're around relatives and then i'm almost done i know i'm over an hour but don't worry you'll be all right be mindful of the season that god has put you in do not operate out of your season and two of the examples that God gave me to relate to you all of how to not operate out of season. Um, I don't know if you've ever been hunting, um, but if you've ever been hunting, okay, you know that there's a season to hunt for certain things. And then there's a season when you're trying to hunt for certain things. If you're not in a, your right season to hunt for like deer or moose or whatever, or if you're not in a certain location where, there's, where you're supposed to be, you're going to be sitting there waiting all night and all day waiting for deer or moose or whatever animal you're trying to hunt for. And if you're hunting out of season, you're never going to see them. Okay, you're never going to see them in a certain part of a region because animals are smart. And animals kind of, not mimic, but if you pay attention to animals, they'll tell you a lot how God operates. You know, whales will stay in a certain part of the region, in a certain part of a sea, um, within a certain season, and then they migrate way thousands and thousands of miles you know to another place you know during the time of the year um animals are smart you know they know what what location what region to go to in in certain seasons that's why hunters will tell you okay in the month of december and january you'll hunt for this and in the month of july and august you can hunt for this every 
every creature on this earth has a season and, and name and and if you think about it animals animals know how to hop they know how to operate and they know how to hunt in certain seasons because animals also know um they hunt too because animals are hunters they know if they want to eat if a whale wants to eat a shark or something like that whales know where to go to during what seasons to hunt for sharks just give an example it might, might, might not be accurate but that's what i'm trying to say animals are smart if we pay attention to animals we'll know that they operate um out of seasons as well so you want to operate within your season within the season that god has ordained you pay attention to what he's saying be cognizant of what the holy spirit is telling you and what the holy spirit is telling us to operate and then it's also like trees. You ever notice that there are certain trees that are green all year round, but the majority of the trees that we encounter in the fall, the leaves start turning from green to brown to different shades of brown. And then in the wintertime, the tree is naked. Okay. And then in the spring, the leaves start growing on the tree again and they start blooming and they start blossoming. And then in the summertime, it's fully bloom and blossom so those are the two examples that god wanted me to give you and those are the two examples that i jotted down that trees and and creatures and things upon its earth everything that grows grows and migrates and shifts in their season um you don't find trees fighting god to say no i want to stay green you know in the winter time and no i want to stay full in the winter time Animals and, and, and plants and things, they don't fight against God. They just, they're obedient. And trees and animals do what God has commanded them. And if we watch animals, we can learn a lot how they're obedient. And when they operate in a season that, there's, that, that they are ordained to operate in, they flourish more. And that's what another thing that God wanted me to tell you all is, is that when we operate in a season that he has ordained for us, when we operate in that season fully, we will always be successful. There's not going to be nothing that God tells us to operate in that when we operate in it, that we're going to fail. It may, even if it looks like failure, okay, it, in God's economy, in the spiritual realm, we have not failed. If there's nothing else that you take, take this. Whenever you operate out of God's season that he ordains, you will always be successful. It don't matter what people tell you. It don't matter what people gossip about. It don't matter what people want, you know, your haters. It doesn't matter if people say, oh, you're going to fail at that. You know, you're not going to get that position or you're not going to climb that ladder or you're not going to be successful. Always know 1,000% when you and I operate out of God's ordained season, when we do what we're supposed to do every step of the way, we will always be successful. Okay, don't take other people's words and start believing, you know, their doubts. Okay, don't be like Peter when he walked out on faith, but then when he started paying attention to his surroundings, he started to sink. And if we pay attention to people and the things that they say, even when we're in our season and when we start to believe what it is that they're saying, when we start doubting God because we want to believe our haters, we're going to sink. When we operate in God's season and his ordained season, we are obedient every step of the way. We're always going to win. Okay, there's not, not going to be not one season that God is going to put us in, whether it's a dry season, whether it's a, a flourishing season, we're always going to win. Even if we go through a dry season of 
just having nothing around us but faith. You're going to be successful in growing in your faith. I'm going to be successful in growing in, in, in my faith, okay? It doesn't matter what season it is. If it's God-ordained season and we are being obedient, whether it's being still, whether it's fasting or praying, we're always going to be 1,000% of the time successful, okay? So watch your, watch your season. Watch what season you're in and be mindful of the things that you're doing and don't waste your time on things that is not of God. Don't waste your time on people, who are not in God's will, learn how to say hi and bye, okay, when when you know it's a hi and bye, okay? And God is never going to not warn you about certain people or certain things um, when he needs to, okay? Just have a listening ear, and that's what spirit of discernment is, and that also means listening. And if you're listening, you're not talking. And if you're listening to God, you're not filling yourself up with the clutterness of the world. You're listening and you're being in tune to God and you're, you're tuning your ear into him. We need to be watchful in our season and we need to be purposeful in our season. A lot of the times we start off strong and then we begin to lack in the seasons that God has ordained for us. Um, a lot of times, you know, if God gives us a task to do, sometimes we start off strong and then we finish kind of weak or sometimes we don't finish. Or you may have um, tasks and seasons or people who they're good at starting stuff, but they don't ever finish, okay? Start and finish what God has given you. Okay, and finish strong. Okay, finish strong and, and complete the task that God has given us because we're always going to be, be successful. We are always in a season, whether we have a dry season or whether we have a flourishing season, we need to walk with, with purpose at all times, uh, at all times in our seasons. When we change from season to season, we must also be mindful of the things that God is doing and is going to do. It is like a tree transitioning from summer to fall to winter. Like I was saying before, how God uses trees to show us that we're in the seasons of fall. We're in the seasons of the summer. You know, we're in the season of winter. We know just by looking at our surroundings what season we're in. You know, we don't really te technically need the months to know, okay, this is spring. You know, but for man, you know, that's how we do things. You know, we, we've labeled the seasons, you know, based on the months and things like that, but based on what we've been watchful. But if we look at the things around us, if we look at the animals, we'll know what season that God is shifting things to. You know, you'll know if it's winter, if it's spring, if it's fall, if it's summer. So that is all I have for my notes. Uh, don't miss your season, okay? Don't miss your season that you're in. Um, if you have to fast and pray and push aside a plate, a meal, two meals for a few days or for 30 days or 21 days or however many weeks that you feel like God is leading you to, um, don't miss your season. You know, like I was saying before, God really is moving. He really is. He's doing it. He's doing a new thing. He's doing, God is going to shift some things. And whether it's in his will 
or it wasn't his will at that time or whether it's not in his will, God is going to do a shift and God is going to remove some things and some people, you know, from your life to move on to the next. Don't fight God. You know, don't don't try to hold on to, you know, those changing leaves and say, no, please stay green. Just let the seasons happen. Let the seasons change. Let God work in your life because and we should be we should be happy and, and thankful and blessed that God wants to use us. You know, be thankful that the almighty God wants to use us as his vessel, you know, to do and fulfill his purpose in life. Because that's the only way that we're going to truly be fulfilled is by letting God use us. And a lot of us don't have to have the greatest platform, you know, to feel like we're being successful. Like you can be a McDonald's manager. You can be a McDonald's worker. You know, you can... um. You can be someone's uh, maid or butler or janitor. You know, God has us everywhere he has us, and it doesn't matter where you are. You can still fulfill God's purposes for your life and still feel fulfilled as long as you're doing what it is that God has told you to do. Um, You won't lack for anything. I won't lack for anything. None of us will lack for anything. Always operate in your season when you're supposed to. And if you stay the course, if you stay in God's word, if you stay in prayer, if you fast and pray as God leads, you will always know what God is doing and just know that God loves you. He loves us. He is never going to leave us or forsake us. You know, even if you feel like your situation isn't what God promised, okay, it's just a season. It's going to pass. You know, the, the Bible said that this too shall pass. You know, don't miss your season. Don't waste your time um, hanging around people that you're not supposed to hang around. Don't waste your time with gossip and slander. Don't waste your time doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. And if you find that you are in this situation or situations or you're associating your life with people who in your heart, you know, you know that they're draining you. You know that they're they're no good for you. You know that they're toxic Ask God to help you remove those people from, you know, your life. Um, ask him to either remove them or give you the strength and the courage to say, you know what, um, maybe we shouldn't be friends anymore. Maybe, you know, we shouldn't date anymore. Or maybe we just, even even if you're not friends but you're associates and like once in a while you have dinner or you have lunch or, you know, you may see them and you get together. And if they're living a lifestyle that you know God is calling you out of to live, you know, just when you see them, say hi and bye, you know, hi and bye. And if you are on the other end of that, and you may find that there are sometimes when people are saying hi and bye to you, maybe there's something about you that needs to be fixed. And it, it doesn't mean that you're a, a terrible person. It's, it's, you know, it's the truth and the truth hurts. You know, when God is is helping us grow and helping us move on from one season to the next, you know, maybe we're in a season to where God is revealing to us some some things that we don't like. And the truth does hurt, but you know what? The truth will set you free if you decided to be free, you know. So I hope that you guys were blessed by this message. Uh, it will be on my podcast. Um, and I will try to link my podcast link below uh, on my YouTube. But if you... If you Google it on iTunes or Google it, you'll find you'll find it. It's um, I'm on Spotify and iTunes and whatever podcast app that you can find. Um, I pray that you guys take heart to this message because I know that it was a word for me as well. 
um, and just be blessed, you know, operate in your season. Just know that when you do, you will always be successful. Pray for a spirit of discernment because you can listen to God a lot more. You know, there's there's not one person uh, who is saved who God would not give a spirit of discernment to, uh, to operate uh, in life, really. You know, even if you're just, uh, well, not just, but even if you're just a parent, you know, you can ask for a spirit of discernment on how to raise your kids. You know, God God has infinite wisdom. Like, the things that God has, he can always give to us no matter what it is that we're doing in life. God is not too big to where he He will stop giving you gifts and talents just because, you know, you have what people call a normal life. So I pray that you guys were blessed by this message. And I'm sorry if I'm rambling. <laughs> but um, you guys have a blessed Sunday. And I will talk to you all guys later. And I'll see you on next next month's podcast. Bye.